Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Montobel and Matt Humans on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. From Stats by Stats, the Dallas Cowboys are the second NFL team in the last 30 years to have two 40 point wins in a season. You fancy a guess at who the other team was, Matt Human? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the. It'll be a recent team, obviously. Kansas City Chiefs. The 2007 Patriots that finished 16-0. Uh, well, I was going to go with that Patriots team, and you said recent. What's well, it recent? 14 years ago is not recent. Yeah, it is. Okay, last I, 30 I was, years. I changed my answer from that Patriots team to the Chiefs because you said recent. I thought you were going to talk well, like 2017 or 18 or something uh, like that. On the grand okay. scheme of things, 30 anyway. years, 14. That Patriots team, that was, uh, that was a team where Tom Brady uh, would throw the deep ball frequently to Randy Moss. And, uh, I remember. That was a different type of Patriots offense. Yes, it was. It was not about ball control and quick passes. That was uh, that was definitely a, a big play Patriots offense. We don't see that a lot in New England. But that was a um, that was a dominant team until the final game of the season. It was. So that was a, a boring game on Sunday night. Hopefully next Sunday night will be better. We'll get to that momentarily. And this is the opening lines for those who are just joining us. We can roll through what the opening lines are. For this coming week of action in the National Football League. Which I, th- you I think your tweet, uh, what you were trying to do there, is foreshadow and say that you think the Cowboys are headed to the Super Bowl. Uh, no. Okay. I, I'm not going to say that. I don't really trust Mike McCarthy in tight situations <laughs> in which he's going to have to make, you know, under-the-gun decisions, you know. He's no Belichick? Uh, no, he's not. But even then, <laughs> Bill Belichick, uh, what, a week and a half ago, uh, kicked a field goal. 
<laughs> down 13 <laughs> points with about four minutes yeah, left to go for some true. reason. So uh, we're not all perfect, though, as you said. We're not all perfect. Where's it live by? Las Vegas on the road against Indianapolis. We start on Sunday. Remember, no more Thursday night games. The Raiders at Colts opened up seven and a half with a total of 48 on the look ahead. It reopened one shop eight and a half, but we're sitting at seven and a half with a total of 46 and a half or 45 and a half across the board. Giants at Bears. You see there, look ahead four with a total of 37 and a half. We get an adjustment here, six with a total of 37 and a half in favor of the Chicago Bears. The Bears laying nearly a touchdown. Big Nick Energy maybe can take care of business if he's going to be on the field. Could be the quarterback of the future for the Bears. Uh, maybe. We saw it. Philly special. He's got it in him. Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road against the New York Jets. Look ahead was 11. This is a, one of the bigger adjustments on the board uh, with a total of 45 and a half. Reopened 13 with a total of 46. And on the board right now, 13, 13 and a half and 12 and a half out there. But those are your first trio of games on the board for next week. Yeah, you know, I bet the Bears season win total under seven and a half. So I'm not was not sweating that decision. It was kind of cool to see the Bears and Nick Foles get off the bench uh, for the first time this year and uh, win that game on the road to beat the Seahawks in the snow. That was a pretty cool game today. I, th- I thought that uh, I love to watch snow football anyway. But it was that's one of those good stories late in the year that you sometimes get. A guy comes off the bench. He's been riding on the bench. He's all but forgotten. Comes out, he, he throws the winning touchdown pass and uh, beats the Seahawks today. That was a pretty cool moment. Matt Nagy is not going to get another year. You think? Maybe. You finish the season three and zero. You never know. Actually, his believe it or not, his overall coaching record is not bad. Well, he's got a twelve and four year in there. Right I now. know. So, but that helps a lot. Um, I think when I look at this, the Colts are going to be a really popular play. Talking about these first set of games we're looking at here, the Colts are going to be really popular on teasers. I think the seven and a half number that's on the board right now is going to prove to be cheap, and I think you'll see mostly eight to eight and a half uh, in the next couple of days or or by midweek. Uh, the Raiders really weren't that impressive today in that victory over the Broncos. And I bet the Raiders, and I had to sweat that game up until the final uh, five minutes or so. And you're facing Drew Locke and a, and a Broncos offense that's not that effective at this point. The Colts, we're assuming they're going to be healthy. They're going to have their offensive line back. They're going to be close to full strength. At full strength, JVT, the Colts should be double digits, uh, double digits better than the Raiders. Yeah. I like it. I think they are a good amount better yeah. than the Las Vegas Raiders, and I think from a matchup standpoint, it is one that works in favor of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think Colts. the Colts should just run all over the Raiders, actually. So we go to the next matchups on the board. Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Again, rolling through the opening lines for next week. Buffalo Bills look ahead 13.5 with a total of 44. won't be surprising to hear that they're up to a 14-point favorite after reopening there today with a total of 44.5. Big game on the road for the Arizona Cardinals, who are sliding right now. Cardinals on the road against Dallas. Two and a half with a total of 50 on the look ahead. Reopens Dallas minus three before their matchup with the Washington football team with a total of 49. Would not be surprising to see that hook added to that field goal there and have the Dallas Cowboys in the range of about a three and a half point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals next week. Then we get to the third. Carolina Panthers on the road against the New Orleans Saints. And in that matchup, New Orleans seven with a total of 38 and a half on the look, or excuse me, on the reopen, but we haven't seen him play yet. We don't know who's going to be quarterback of that game either. Yeah, I don't think it, uh, it matters too much to, because no matter who you put it at the quarterback for the Saints, you got to be seven point favorites over the Panthers. One of the best quotes today from Matt Rule, the Panthers coach, who said it took Jay Z 
something like seven years to become an overnight sensation, right? It doesn't make many, that doesn't make much sense, does it? <laughs> it took seven years to become an overnight sensation. That's Matt Rule, who's got a six-year contract, saying, give me some time, okay? Hey, don't, but remember, don't panic over was, how bad we look this year. Remember, huh? he gave a really good press conference when he got hired, and everybody wanted to play for him, so yeah. that matters. Uh, I fully expect the Cowboys to move to uh, three and a half early yep. in the week against the Cardinals. Uh, the Cowboys off an impressive performance, and uh, the Cardinals have looked like for lack of a better word, crap, uh, recently. And Kyler Murray has not been the same quarterback. And the Cardinals got all kinds of problems. You know, the Cardinals have not won a home game since October 24th. Uh, yep. They've been really bad at home. They've not been much better on the road. I think the Cowboys are going to be a popular public play. So far of these games on the board, I think you'll see uh, a lot of teasers on the Colts, knocking the Colts down to minus one and a half or two. And I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of straight bet play on the Cowboys. Cardinals – 0-3 straight up and against the spread in their last three. 2-4 and four straight up and against the spread in their last mm-hmm. six. And let's add to it, 3-5 and five straight up and against the spread in their last eight since yeah. starting off the season. What were they, 7-0? 7-0. and, oh? seven and oh. Yep. And, uh, and the troubling part recently about this slide is, is something we touched on. Um, it coincides with the Kyler Murray injury. Right? Yeah. That's, that's part of the problem is that Kyler Murray has not really looked great, and the mm-hmm. turnover-worthy plays have been up yeah, well. since Kyler Murray has been back from injury. And in some throws, the zip not really there as it was before, and that's kind of the troubling sign. There has been a change. There has been an event, and it hasn't been for the good. All right, we move on. Next up, we get the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against Washington football team. Football team gets blown out today, gives up 50 points to the Dallas Cowboys. Look ahead was 2.5, gets reopened 3.5, both totals of 43.5 on those numbers. I would expect that. Is it overzealous to say Philly four and a half by the time we get to tomorrow and the show starts and you're no, on it's not overzealous because uh, nobody wants to bet the Washington football team right now after what happened tonight. Hey, I, I was foolish enough to play Washington plus eleven in one of the contests, and I thought there was a little bit of number value in the Washington side. How'd that work out in a forty-two point loss? It could have been a sixty-point game if the Cowboys wanted to pile it on. When I walked in circuit tonight, the first thing I see. Up on the big board is uh, the Cowboys blocking a punt, waltzing yep. into the end zone for a touchdown. Washington is just in complete disarray uh, right now. And, um, you know, we're talking about a Washington team that actually came into Vegas and beat the Raiders that's right. a few weeks ago. And that's why I think the Raiders are going to be, um, you know, the Raiders are feeling pretty good about themselves right, right now at 8-7. and seven, But they beat a depleted Browns team on the road. They, they squeaked by a lame Broncos team today. I think they're going to get rolled by the Colts. You and I both, uh, it seems that we're going to be in agreement here. Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, this is up to five in some spots. Look ahead was four, so it's not a massive adjustment off the look ahead. But I, I'm interested in the you know the better the odds maker who would make the Bengals. I mean, theoretically, you're making them a point worse after a performance like this yeah. against the Baltimore Ravens and the way that Joe Burrow has been playing. Cincinnati is playing really good football. And, yes, we have had this run from the Kansas City Chiefs, but now you're on the road against a team that is on the verge of winning their division. It's going to be a pretty good playoff team. Joe Burrow put up incredible numbers today. Obviously, that Baltimore defense is really beat up, uh, but he took advantage of it. He's got the weapons uh, to put big numbers on the board. I know this Chiefs defense has been really impressive uh, in the last, uh, let's say, two months, actually probably since uh, the begin- beginning of November. But the Chiefs defense did get lit up by Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And I actually think Joe Burrow and the Bengals can do something similar. They could put up 28 points or somewhere in that neighborhood against the uh, Chiefs. I think it's basically what we talk about here is uh, peak value, buying low, selling high. I think the Chiefs have re- reached kind of peak value here at five-point favorites on the road. 
against the Bengals. I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm going to play the dog here. Next two, Jacksonville on the road against New England. New England, 15.5 in the reopen with a total of 42.5, pretty much where you're at across the board in the market right now. Uh, then you get to Miami at Tennessee. Titans, 3.5 with a total of 40.5. Actually readjusted to four at one spot, but 3.5 now across the board with a total of 41. Again, we haven't seen the Miami Dolphins play yet. They will play on Monday night, which brings us to the disappointment of the day, the Los Angeles Chargers losing outright to the Houston Texans. Yeah, score a little deceiving. Wasn't a blowout by any stretch, but Justin Herbert with two awful interceptions, right? One of which, which uh, of course, added to that lead for the Houston Texans. Now you get the Chargers reopened five and a half with a total of 45. And uh, we've met, as we mentioned, an overvalued favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if the market supported the Chargers because they tend to do that, but I won't be one of them. (laughs) I will not either. It's going to be Broncos or pass. For me, that's the Dave Tooley line, dog or pass, and uh, might lean to the dog here. I don't think uh, I don't think Teddy B is expected to come back, right? No, I would not think so. But uh, we'll double. I don't double think check he's that. been definitively ruled out for Week 17 and Week 18. Yep. But if you put Teddy B on the field, I would be much more inclined to bet the Broncos. It's just hard to get on the uh, Broncos side with Drew Locke at quarterback, and that was my main reason to fade the Broncos today and bet the Raiders was. I was going to bet on Derek Carr over Drew Locke, and Derek Carr threw a really awful pick at, uh, near the end of the first half in that game that almost cost the Raiders, but the Broncos still uh, very little offensive production today. Uh, from Vic Fangio, quote, it's possible in terms of Bridgewater returning for Week 17, uh, but doing whatever's best for his health moving forward is what we will do. So we'll see if that is the case uh, for Teddy Bridgewater after a pretty serious concussion. All right, we have plenty left to get to on the next side. We'll, we'll leave you with this tease. Houston Texans on the road against the San Francisco 49ers, 15.5 with a total of 44.5. It gets readjusted to 14. Are the Texans and Davis Mills being undervalued? Mills has been playing really good football. We'll go through some of his numbers on the other side, but they've quietly been a bet on team lately, the Houston Texans, and the market hasn't really caught up with that. We'll discuss that more on the other side here at the opening line. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really against Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds. It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. 
It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. mistake if you miss any part of this show or anything on the vsin schedule today but if you did don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast catch replays of all the shows or download and listen on your schedule go to vsin.com slash podcast and get beating the book market insights plus we got hardwood handicappers with jvt the lombardi line follow the money coast to coast hoops and more all free and available now vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts but the best place to go is vcin.com slash podcast. Right. Check it out there. Best place to go, right? I was trying to think of a clever way to segue to this, but I can't really. Audio, audio, <laughs> then music, music, then hip-hop, hip-hop, then Jay-Z. There we go. Um, well, we talked about Matt Rule, who I think today was kind of begging for his job to a certain extent when he was talking to the media. And he brought up a great example. You never want to sell too quickly, right? And here's Matt Rule talking about it. It's a slow burn, people, all right? Legends are not built overnight. But I believe it's 1,000% working. I just know no one can see it, and I apologize. Uh, I tell our team all the time, it took Jay-Z like seven years. <laughs> it, took, it took him seven years. He had to start his own agency to, to become famous, to become an overnight sensation. Like, it takes time. It, it mm. took seven years for him to become an overnight sensation. Yeah. I feel like those two statements just don't really jive. Tom Hanks made 32 movies. He was in 32 movies before one was a hit. Is that true? No. Oh. I just make it stuff up now. If I if I were trying to fight for my job as a coach, just come up he, with a bunch of BS and try said, to feed it to the media. If you but, caught that, he said, I tell my guys uh, all the time, it took seven years for Jay-Z to become. Do you, do you think he's like walking around? Like, remember, <laughs> huh? Jay-Z, overnight sensation. It took seven years. All right? Slow burn. We got this guy. I think one of the problems in Carolina right now is that the owner and the coach need to get on the same page. I've read reports David Tepper forced Matt Rule to make this uh, quarterback switch to Cam Newton. He wanted to bring Cam Newton in. He thought it was going to energize the fan base and the team, and Rule was against it. 
I'm not sure why Rule fired Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator. I know he wanted more of a run-based offense, but hey, Christian McCaffrey has not been around. Yep. So why does Joe Brady take the fall for the Panthers' offensive shortcomings? I think that was a mistake by Matt Rule. It was a big mistake by David Tepper to force Cam Newton upon him. Uh, Cam has now lost, I think, 13 or 14 consecutive starts as a, a Carolina quarterback. He obviously can't play anymore. And um, the Panthers have got no, – no coaching era has ever worked without a capable quarterback. Yes. And the, the Carolina Panthers have got to find out who that is. It's probably not Sam Darnold. We know it's not Cam Newton. Uh, you got to solve that quarterback question before uh, Matt Rule can uh, start to get things turned in the right direction. I think two years is – uh, way too short a time. You have to stick with him as a coach. There's no question about it. Plus, I believe he's got a six-year contract. For a billionaire uh, like David Tepper, that means nothing. He could buy out the contract and start over. But if Matt Rule was your guy uh, two years ago, why is he not your guy now? I think two years is too short a time. And to me, it always a lot of times it comes down to the quarterback. If you don't have the right quarterback – uh, the, the whole organization is going to look bad. Yeah, and let's let's put it frankly too. It's not like we haven't seen positive returns. This defense is pretty good, and they did a really good job of drafting. Yeah. Right, that first draft was all defensive players. They've developed them very nicely. So uh, there have been positives here for Matt Rule. I do like to make fun of people, and this is one of them. Uh, but I think you're right. Offensive end, got to get on the same page, quarterback wise. Maybe it's going to be one of these guys who are going to be available. <laughs> whether it is Watson, whether it's going to be right. Russell Wilson, anything like that. But there have been positives here, and. Out of all of these teams that think they're a quarterback away from competing, I personally would put the Panthers at the top of the list of the team that would get that quarterback, whether it's Rodgers, Wilson, et cetera, name it, and push themselves to the next level. They're not that far away. No. Right now, it looks like they're far away, but they're playing a, a guy, a quarterback, who really shouldn't be in the league at this point. Speaking of uh, Cam Newton, if he should be in the league, he should be a backup. When when your offense is constantly going three and out or turning the ball over, your defense is not going to look very good either. And uh, that's been the situation with the Panthers. I think right now Matt Rule just wants to get this season over, kind of hit reset, and uh, try to figure out the plan going into next year. And that's why when you're handicapping here late in the season and looking for – I always look for live dogs. Mm-hmm. And I put some teams in the dead dog category, and after today, uh, and somebody, some people would say, well, you, you, you could have said this two or three weeks ago. The Panthers, the Jaguars, the Giants, those teams look like dead dogs. Yep. Not the Texans. Well, and that's where I wanted to get to as well because, you know, you you mentioned this. I don't – maybe think it just – I don't know. Davis Mills has been playing some extremely good football coming into this game today. You're talking about over his last few starts, and so we're talking about four – his last four games, three starts, five touchdowns to two interceptions for Davis Mills, a quarterback rating of 92.4. And then you get to today, 21 to 27, 254, 9.4 per attempt, two touchdowns and a win over the Los Angeles okay. Chargers. And I'm and if you didn't watch him – uh, a, a pass to Chris Conley for a touchdown down the right sideline. That was an absolute bomb. It was beautiful. It was for 41 yards. He looks more comfortable as the weeks go on. Sure. And this leads to the overall point, which is I, I, gotta be, like, I think 15-14 is too much for the San Francisco 49ers in this spot, given, one, what we have seen from Davis Mills lately, and, two, the fact that the San Francisco 49ers, remember, have their own flaws, I think, in their secondary. We, uh, A.J. Brown comes back for one game. And all of a sudden start setting records for the Tennessee Titans who didn't have anything offensively mm-hmm. before that second half against San Francisco. The 49ers are a good team, but 15 points against the Houston Texans, it just seems like quite a bit here for San Francisco. Yeah, anytime you see a 15 on the board in the NFL, you have to give the dog a second look and really examine if it's worth playing. I, I think the Texans are showing plenty of signs of being live dogs. Uh, they just beat the Titans a couple weeks ago. Right. They beat the Titans and the Chargers 
Uh, I, those are signs that this is a live dog, and this team is playing hard for uh, David Coley. I know a lot of people have taken shots at Coley, and he's looked like a clumsy coach um, uh, several times this season. But you got to give the Texans, and especially Davis Mills, credit here for uh, what they've done late in the season. And uh, I talked about it probably three, uh, what was it, two weeks ago we were sitting here talking on the show about Davis Mills has better numbers across the board than Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Those numbers have only gotten better, and the gap has gotten larger here in the past couple weeks. Uh, Mac Jones is probably the offensive rookie of the year, probably the rookie of the year. Uh, But Davis Mills has, uh, has made a little bit of a case here. In the last four or five weeks, I don't think it's a strong enough case because it's a very short sample. Where was he in the first half of the season? Right. Uh, but he's also going home. He's a former Stanford quarterback. He's going back to the Bay Area to play. He's going to be fired up for this game. Uh, the Texans have not quit. I think 15 might be a little bit too much. By the way, don't you think there's some uh, discord within that 49ers organization right now? You've got uh, the GM, John Lynch, supposedly in church liking tweets that denigrate his quarterback, Jimmy G. Did you see that? No, I didn't, really. Yeah, there, were, there was a uh, tweet that was criticizing Jimmy G or mocking him, and John Lynch uh, liked it. And then Lynch came out later and tweeted, while I was in mass, Christmas mass with my family, I accidentally liked the tweet on Twitter, and it was a mistake. Mm. We have full confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo as our mm. quarterback. Let's move forward. Why would you be in church looking at Twitter Anyway, that's something I would expect from Wes Reynolds, not really from John Lynch. Maybe. And how do you accidentally like a tweet? You've been to church? It's a little slow in it's the been middle. It's been a while. It gets it's a little while. slow in the middle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you looking see? at the tweet now. So, yeah, leave Jimmy in Nashville, and he liked it. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you can accidentally like a tweet, how, I think. How do you accidentally like that if you're the GM of a football team? Let's leave our quarterback in Nashville. Yep. Oh, like. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Folks, I was in mass. I accidentally like what? What kind of excuse is that? Unknowingly liked the deep. Never intended. Remain a huge believer in Jimmy. Merry Christmas, Day. I was reaching for the Bible and I accidentally hit my phone and liked the tweet. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, I think we're in agreement. Seems like a lot, and I will say, it seems like a lot for another NFC West team as well. Seahawks nine. In the, like, when are we going to get this right? When are we going to understand this? The second best cover team in the National Football League are the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They have been covering numbers. Left and right, and again, coming into this week, we're talking about the Detroit Lions with now 10-5 and ATS record after this weekend for the Lions, and yet here we are on the road against the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks team that has not looked very good, has noise off the field, and on the field they look uh, very pedestrian with their offensive attack. Nine on the open with a total of 42.5 here against the Detroit Lions, and you're looking on the screen right now, and, you know, seven, seven and a halfs are there, so we're starting to see the market really adjust off of those openers, but nine was a little ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> this is one of my favorite games today with Nick Foles coming out of nowhere to throw the winning touchdown pass at Seattle in the snow. And you just watched the continuation of the uh, demise of the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson yep. uh, duo. So I, I would have to agree with you here. I think this number might be a little bit high. Can you get 10? Do you think you get 10 on the Lions this week? I'm not really sure why betters would jump on the Seahawks. Side. Yeah, like I said, the market's adjusted pretty strongly that it should. Seven in the hook. Uh, dominating the board for that game. Next up, uh, we'll roll through these quickly. So Rams at Ravens. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be, so we don't know what the situation's like for the Baltimore Ravens. Not on the board, but the look ahead was 2.5 in favor of L.A. with a total of 45.5. Minnesota against Green Bay, 7 with a total of 46 on the look ahead, 47.5. 
readjusted total, and that's about it. And then the Browns, now a road favorite. Markets actually pushing them to three right now, humans, with a total in the range of 40 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a little bit torn on that last game because I did uh, say last week, I told you after I snuck out that win with the Steelers over the Titans, I'm done with the Steelers. That's it. This is a bad football team, and uh, I didn't anticipate that they were going to end up as maybe three-point home dogs to the Browns. I still don't want to get on the Steelers here next Monday night. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Yesterday threw four picks. I, I think the the last one was kind of BS. That was a holding call that should have been called on the Packers uh, DB. But he is making a lot of bad decisions. How much faith do you have in betting on Baker Mayfield? All right, we got a lot to get to in college football. Dave Koken joins us next. Smoke. This is Opening Lines with John Zavon Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, check out the prop tracker up on VSIN.com. Key NFL props, current odds, line movement, and trends. VSIN.com slash NFL. That is VSIN.com slash NFL. All right, Dave Koken is nice enough to join us. Smoking Dave Koken. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave Koken, professional handicapper. So, Matt Humans, uh, probably, I would say, you've taken in every bowl game up to this point. Is that fair to say? I've watched every bowl game, sure. You will not be watching, I am going to assume, um, the bowl game tomorrow live between Western Michigan and Nevada. I'll be watching it. it live? Really? 8, 8 a.m. Huh? kickoff here. On the. <laughs> you think I'm going to miss that game? I've got three bets on uh, Western Michigan in this game at uh, plus three, pick them, and minus two and a half. And now let's make it four bets because I did play a little hedge on Nevada plus seven. Tonight, yep. let's see how smoking Dave Koken would play this at the current number. Yeah, Dave, what do you think uh, this matchup between these two right now? Humans and I are sitting on some pretty solid numbers and middles here for this matchup, but what say you uh, in this meeting between these two where we have the backups, we have the situation, and Western Michigan is a seven-point favor with a total of 56? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't play Nevada uh, without Carson Strong. The drop-off is enormous, and uh, and they've got other chaos there. And I can't play Western Michigan because the Mac stinks. It's just a it's just a really bad league this year, um, and that, and that's shown up in the Bulls. And they've covered a couple of games. They won one, but uh, I don't think any team in the league has really looked good. So Nevada still might be able to beat them, um, but obviously, if you got Western Michigan at at the good number, you're sitting pretty right now and can play for middles and all kinds of good stuff. I did play for a little bit on uh, Nevada plus seven, not too much because I feel like uh, this, these Western Michigan bets should be winners, uh, but you never know. Like you said, the Mac has looked so bad. Western Michigan did have a great win early in the season. In September, Caleb Ellaby and the uh, Broncos won at Pitt, outshot Kenny Pickett 44-41 to in that game. But the Mountain West, Dave, has looked really good in the bowl season so far. I think 4-0, right? Yeah, it, it looks good. Uh, Nevada might spoil that tomorrow, yeah. but I'm hoping uh, – I'm hoping at least one other Mountain West team continues in that vein because uh, I, I like Air Force this week. Well, let's talk about that game now. That's going to be on uh, Tuesday. That's a Tuesday afternoon game, Louisville and Air Force. And uh, we're on the same side in this one. That's the first responder bowl in Dallas, Texas. And uh, Air Force got the number one rushing offense in college football, 341 yards per game. Uh, can the Louisville defense stop the triple option? Can the Air Force defense stop Malik Cunningham? Dave, I'm with you here on Air Force plus one and a half. Why do you like the Falcons? Well, I, look, Malik Cunningham's the whole show for Louisville. Um, he's their best runner. He's their, their passer, obviously. And if Air Force can just contain him, you got Louisville beat at that point. Um, the Cardinals, 
not great down the stretch, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know how excited they'll be to play Air Force. I think it's going to be an Air Force crowd. And the thing people forget about Air Force is that everybody talks about the rushing offense. They've also had a really good rushing defense. They're allowing less than 100 yards per game yeah. defensively on the ground. Uh, it's they're an underrated team, in my opinion. I, I think Air Force is a better team here, and I was pretty happy to see Louisville get the early money and become the favorite in this game, even though it's just a small spread. I'll take whatever I can get with the Falcons. I, I think they win. Yeah, I know you're a guy who still puts a lot of value in rushing offenses and rushing defenses, right? Yeah, very much so, especially yeah. in bowl games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worked It's worked really well over the years. And by the way, it's you know if you get the, the big edge on – Rushing offense, rushing defense. It's 1-0 so far with Army. I mean, they didn't cover the spread, but they did get the win against Missouri. And had the game gone maybe five minutes longer, I think that probably covered the spread as well. Dave Koken with us. All right, Dave, let's uh, move around the board and see what else you're looking at here. Uh, let's go to Tuesday. Houston, Auburn. Right now, the varying two and a half twos on the board with a total of 51 and a half in favor of the Tigers in this matchup. Opened up three. What are you looking at here? Uh, I don't know how to read Auburn. They've lost four in a row coming in. It's been a month since the disaster against Alabama, but I, I don't know if they've recovered from that. So in terms of the emotional edge, I think I'd maybe give it to Houston. Uh, I don't know if I'm willing to bet it, though. Uh, Auburn's still getting more talent. Five bowl games on the schedule Tuesday. Houston-Auburn, Louisville Air Force, Texas Tech-Mississippi State. Going to be one we'll, we'll talk about next. I'm going to be at Petco Park in San Diego for NC State-UCLA. Uh-huh. And also we got West Virginia, Minnesota that night. So hopefully all those bowls get played. But, Dave, uh, the Mike Leach angle, uh, what are you looking at here? Texas Tech, Mississippi State with uh, the Bulldogs' nine-and-a-half-point favorites. In a way, this is the most interesting of all the bowl games because Mike Leach has a legacy at Texas Tech, and it, let's just say it did not end well. I believe there's still a court battle going on. Uh, he believes they owe him money. Yeah. They don't think they do. Uh, so that there's still litigation taking place there. I I am absolutely sure that Mike Leach wants to beat Texas Tech in the worst way, and I'm also absolutely sure the message has been sent to all the Texas Tech players: if there's one guy you want to beat, uh, it's this guy because he set our program back. Whatever. Um, Mississippi State's got more talent, but you know I I think Texas Tech might have some life here. Um, it, the Wells thing just didn't work out there. And I think maybe there's some new life being breathed into that program, and maybe things will be looking up for them. This would be a great way to start things for, uh, uh, is it Joey McGuire? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Texas Tech's got a shot. And by the way, I think double-digit dogs, I believe, are 3-0 and against the spread so far. Dave Koken. All right, let's go to a couple of these other bowl games. Let's go to the Cheez-It Bowl, one of my favorite snacks. Not so much the bowl game, but – Pretty interesting matchup. Clemson won one and a half with a total of 44, 44 and a half against Iowa State. And in a situation in which they're not familiar with lately, as it's a bowl game that doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, Dave. No, but they did play better at the end of the season. And I think Dabo's going to try and look at this as a building block for next year. And Iowa State has been a disappointment this season. Now, I know uh, Campbell has a tendency to bring his team's level of play up against good opponents. Not so much against weaker opponents. I think he'll have his team ready here. But Iowa State never really did put it together this year. I think Clemson might be the right side in this game. You think about a year ago, Matt Campbell was a hot name in a lot of those coaching rooms. You have not heard his name mentioned at all uh, this year. And Skalski and others are making it a point to say, uh, you know, what what did he say? I think he wrote a report the other day. Opt-out's not a thing here. 
taking the right. bowl seriously for Clemson. So. Uh, Dave, yep. I know this is. I don't think this is one of your plays. I did play Oklahoma minus three and a half early when Bob Stoops is coming back as coach, and we saw that Mario Cristobal is going to b- bolt for Miami. What do you think the motivation is for Oregon? You got Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, might be the top pick in the draft. He opted out. Oklahoma's got the location edge too in San Antonio. Do you like the Sooners or is uh, this four and a half? To, is, it's just built into the number here at Oklahoma minus four and a half over Oregon. I think it's, in a way it's built into the number, but I, I think Oklahoma might be the right side. It's, it, it's not a real good situation in Oregon right now, and I think they just want to get the season over with and move on to next year. Uh, for Oklahoma, with Stoops involved, mm-hmm. I think you're going to get some emotion from them. So I, those are edges you look for in non-meaningful bowl games, and I think this one qualifies on that count. So I, I would side with Oklahoma here. All right, let's go to Wisconsin and Arizona State then. So we get the report uh, there might be a small COVID outbreak for Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, so now we're starting to see this get to six, five and a half uh, over in the Las Vegas Bowl. So what do you make of this uh, in the recent news, Dave? Um, well, let's hope it gets played. Uh, yeah. I think it's a good matchup for Wisconsin uh, because they are deadly against the run. And if Arizona State can't run and has to pass, that's not a real good thing. And it'll be a semi-home game. Wisconsin. One thing we know, even though Arizona State's a lot closer in proximity, uh, Wisconsin travels about as well as any school in the country. And they're going to, from what I understand, uh, there might be COVID issues on the team, but there's none among the fans. And they're going to be out here in big numbers. That's right. That's the Las Vegas Bowl next, uh, that's Thursday night mm-hmm. uh, at yep. Allegiant Stadium. Okay, Dave, uh, you and I on opposite sides of this game. I did play Notre Dame early. At a minus one, it's one and a half or two right now. Oklahoma State off that loss in the Big 12 title game to Baylor. Blew its shot at the college football playoff. Marcus Freeman's first game as Irish coach. Why do you like the Cowboys here in the Fiesta? Well, I did about as well with Notre Dame as I did with any team in the country this year. I, I played them a lot mm-hmm. and did real well with them. But that was against some garbage at the end of the season. I think the opt-outs are a concern. And they didn't get to the playoff either. So both teams are a little bit disappointed because they thought they had a chance to get to the playoffs going into the final week, and, and neither one got there. And as it turns out, neither one was going to get there. Um, I, I think Oklahoma State has a little bit of an edge here with the opt-outs for Notre Dame. Uh, and, I look, I, I think the new coach is going to do well for Notre Dame, but it's still a learning process for him. Uh, I kind of like the, stoop, uh, uh, the mullet uh, as a dog here. I, I think the Cowboys are live. So close game. I think it'll be one of the better games. But I took the points, and uh, we'll see what happens with Oak State. I do like the mm-hmm. fact very much that they are out, outstanding rushing defense. That's yeah. their strength. And I think if you take that away from Notre Dame, you can beat them. Mike Gundy, the mullet. Uh, Dave, yep. final uh, 50 seconds or so. Are you are you looking to bet either of the playoff games on New Year's Eve? Probably not, because I like both favorites, but I think the spreads are too high. But I don't think either one of them is going to lose. So you know, I, I don't like games where I think I'm going to have to take the, the what I think is a losing team and hope they cover the spread. That's just not, not a strategy that works for me. So I'll probably end up sitting them both out. But I, I think Georgia and Alabama are playing for the title. Probably already do. But if you don't, on Twitter at Dave Koken. Give him a follow. Dave, good to talk to you. Thanks, man. See you guys. Happy New Year. Yep, you got it. Yeah, early kick, by the way, on Friday. We're going to be on the air, 1230 p.m. for Cincinnati, Alabama. All right, we wrap it up here on the opening line.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, check out the Big Game Special. 50% off all access subscription, access to in-depth matchup analysis and trends, picks for every game and sport, exclusive betting splits, best betting emails, weekly betting guide, 24-7 video, and more. Only $39. Check it out now at vsin.com slash subscribe. You also get the College Bowl guide. We're checking out these last few games. Still up there. Yeah, I don't know about that. Last week. Yeah, totally, totally. Check it out wanna, now. College Bowl guy, get it now. I don't want to downsell anything, but I just had somebody uh, text me and say, hey, can you send me a copy of the Bowl Guide? I you said, sure. yes, absolutely. I'll send it to you. Sure. I said, just uh, not some of the information's outdated. I mean, let's face it. you got to be honest with people. 
COVID has wreaked havoc on the way you handicap some of these games and the way you bet these games. And we just money. saw two bowl games canceled today. Uh, yep. East Carolina, uh, BC, off. Uh, Virginia in its bowl game against SMU, off the board. Hopefully these bowl games get played. But it, but certainly uh, we, we try to do as good a job as we can in the bowl guide to update the information. But, man, it, it's becoming more and more difficult with uh, COVID, with all the NFL draft opt-outs and oh, everything that goes on. Uh, it's, it's such a fluid situation when you handicap the bowls. We're talking about a game that kicks off at 8 a.m. Pacific time on Monday, Western Michigan, Nevada. We've seen a 13-and-a-half-point line move since the opener in that game. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, also I saw a tweet from, I think it was Pete Dammel today. It was like, talk to everybody. All, it looks like it's all good for this game to be played tomorrow, and that's where we're at. you got to make sure that it's yeah. actually going to be played. It better be played. 8 a.m. kickoff. We need it. Uh, okay, so with that, there's uh, there are there's at least one game I want to touch on really quickly in the bowl season because it is uh, the big one. Granddaddy of them all, Rose Bowl, Utah and Ohio State. And this one is a classic, like, do they care type situation, right? Ohio State with college football playoff aspirations at what point the season, of course, they blow up in their face when you get blown out by Michigan. Now six-and-a-half-point favorites in the Rose Bowl. A total of 66 on the board right now. But as you and I have discussed, Utah, uh, after, of course, getting two massive wins at the end of the season over Oregon, winning Mm -hmm. the Pac-12, seems like this is a team that's going to be greatly motivated and potentially a swan song as well, huh? Well, possibly. There are rumors out there that if Kyle Whittingham wins this game, he might retire as Utah coach. And before the season, he stated the goals. He didn't say, hey, we want to get to the college football playoff. He said, we want to win the Pac-12, and I want to coach in the Rose Bowl and win the Rose Bowl. That's his stated goal, and that's uh, he's on the precipice of uh, doing that. That's a big thing for a lot of coaches. Yep. Uh, the Rose Bowl has so much history, and uh, there, there are a lot of guys who want to coach in that game and win the granddaddy of them all. And uh, Brent Musburger knows, of all people, how much uh, significance the Rose Bowl has uh, to – uh, veteran coaches, it it lost. Uh, I think some of its uh, stature in recent years because it's you know if it's not in a playoff rotation, you don't mm-hmm. think oh the Rose Bowl is a big deal. It's always a big deal. I'm not sure though to the Buckeyes it's going to be as big of a deal as it will be to the Utes because the Buckeyes have been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer's last game as coach was a win at the Rose Bowl, and uh, I never want to say it's a downer or a letdown for a team to end up in Pasadena. But the Buckeyes thought they were going to whip Michigan, win the Big Ten, and be in the playoff, and they're not. And um, you got to think some of their stars, maybe Chris Olave and others, have one eye on the NFL draft. I wouldn't blame anybody for opting out. So far, it looks like Ohio State doesn't have any significant opt-outs for this bowl game. That news might change a little bit this week. Uh, but right now, I would think Utah is going to be the more motivated, more focused team here. And by the way, the Utes have just been on a roll uh, in the since since they changed quarterbacks, really after yep. that loss to San Diego State, uh, Cameron Rising, the Texas transfer, has been a revelation for Utah, and uh, the Utes blew out Oregon twice uh, late in the season. Blew out Oregon, wasn't even a contest both times, and uh, I like the dog here. If this number gets to seven, and I think it will, it's already flashed seven a couple times. Uh, I'll be on uh, Utah plus seven in Pasadena. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And also to reset the table for anybody who wasn't with us or who hasn't checked in a while, um, just to reiterate because we do get this early kick on Friday, Alabama still holding strong uh, right now on my screen. I've got them at most spots as a uh, 13, 13 and a half point favorite. With That'll, go to uh, That'll go to 14. Sorry? That'll go to 14. 
uh, yep. by the time we get to kick off. Yep. And then Georgia, uh, seven and a half across the board with a total of 45 or 45 and a half uh, in their matchup with Michigan in that matchup. And Actually, I think you'll see eights pop up on the board again. Uh, there have been some eights, even a couple eight and a half. So I think DraftKings might have flashed eight and a half. Uh, briefly, but I think Georgia will close eight and Alabama closes 14. And there's, by the way, the 46 is the high number on that total for Georgia and Michigan. Seems um, surprising that one shot would move up a full point from the open, just given the nature of these two teams, what you kind of expect on the surface between mm-hmm. those two. But again, early kick on Monday, 1230 p.m. Pacific time. Don't really like that. Not a lot. Friday, right? Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, don't love it. All right, with that, we move back to the National Football League. So we've run through all of these numbers and the openers. I think there's a couple that we haven't really focused on quite a bit uh, that we should touch on. And really, we haven't seen this team play, but I am interested in your thoughts because Miami is a, a favorite on the road against New Orleans on Monday, right? So they're, they're getting the Saints, and they're getting Ian Book's first start. As you mentioned, Sean Payton kind of feeling the pressure, giving Drew Brees a call, <laughs> wow. asking him if he wants to take a week that's off bad, from that's, SNF. That's a bad sign. <laughs> it, it, it is. And it's funny, I think it was one of the guys from PFF, I want to say it was Sam Monson, retweeted like the draft profile from Ian Book. Mm-hmm. And it was all just like... He's a winner. N- yeah, it was. that's all it was. It was just like, like, non, <laughs> like non-tangible, like he's got guts and he can win. Arm strength, eh, not so much. Accuracy, eh, not so much. But hey, man, he's gutty. And it was like, okay, that doesn't sound great. Well, you know what? I, I actually am pro Ian Book. I think his skills are a little bit underrated. He's, he's not an inaccurate passer. Yeah. He's actually a reasonably accurate passer. He's got a lot more mobility and athletic ability than people give him credit for. He can get out and run with his legs and make a play. I do think it's a bad sign that Sean Payton put in a call to Drew Brees and said, will you come out of retirement? Brees is in Hawaii with his family. It's not practice or reading the playbook, obviously, which you get, you know, you got to have, you got to be in football shape. You got to, you're going to fly back from Hawaii and play one game on Monday night. And Sean Payton thinks that's a better option. You saw Drew Brees' arm strength last year, yeah, waning at the end of the season. I think it's a bad sign that he thought, man, we got to try. We're so desperate. We got to get Brees back for one game and one game only. I don't want to go into this with Ian Book. That concerns me. I do think some people are riding off the Saints a little bit too soon because the Dolphins, I think, are somewhat phony uh, during this stretch that they had put together. I agree. And a lot of people assuming that the Dolphins now are going to roll into the Superdome and take care of the Saints on Monday night. I'm hoping Ian Book shows up and has a big game. Well, you see, I'm actually – what I am hoping for as we tie this into uh, week 17 of the NFL, I'm hoping for a Dolphins win and cover because I do have Tennessee circled potentially okay. for next okay. week against Miami. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it. Yeah, I've said it multiple times, you know, to use the cliche smoke and mirrors, you know, the Dolphins are getting by just barely, yeah. right? And I think a matchup with the Tennessee team that is slowly starting to get healthier, right? We see A.J. Brown come back, and in the second half, they're a completely different offense. Ryan Tannehill actually looks competent. The offense has some flow to it. They score those 17 points. Uh, was it 17 points? Yeah, in this, or no, excuse me, more than 17 points in the second half against the San Francisco 49ers, and they win that game as a home underdog. And so what I'm hoping is that the Dolphins take care of business on Monday, also because they have them in the contest. Uh, but then you can come back here next week and play potentially a three on the Tennessee Titans, or if the market really gets ahead of itself, something underneath the field goal for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I see what you're saying. I do that a lot. I look ahead a week and say, I hope this happens this week so I can bet against or bet on this team the next week. I'll say this about the Dolphins. Uh, during the six-game win streak, they played much better. And I've liked a lot. Of, I think Tua's caught some unfair criticism. At times, he's looked really bad. Uh, at times, Tua looks terrible. At other times, he looks competent. I think it's the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, during the six-game win streak, they have, the Dolphins have defeated the Texans, the Ravens, that was on Thursday night when Lamar Jackson was yeah. awful. Uh, so Texans, Ravens, Jets, Panthers, Giants, and Jets. 
All right, that's not really an impressive opponent profile during the six-game win streak. Uh, we just saw the Saints shut out the Buccaneers on uh, Sunday night, so it'll be interesting to me to see what the Saints defense does against Tua. Yep, and we should we should know too as well. Uh, the Miami Dolphins with a win on Monday would actually jump and be in control yeah. of the seventh seed in the AFC. Uh, right now, according to uh, Football Outsiders, they have a 7.8% chance uh, of making it to the postseason, but that would greatly increase what they win yeah. here. And as you look at the playoff, you know, we, I think we have playoff standings so we can show you as well. And when you're talking about the grand scheme of things, you know, now that we're in these last two weeks, or you know, technically we've got a game left here this week, uh, this is these games mean a lot, but the Dolphins have done enough damage, gotten wins over teams like the Baltimore Ravens, where they would be in control of their destiny if they get this win. So really fascinating as you move forward here and you see the playoff picture. Dolphins, you think look at that jump. They would go from in the hunt to eight and seven and in control of the final wild card spot. And then we, the NBC guys pointed it out today on the broadcast, Colts, Patriots both have over a 90% chance of making it into the postseason. So it seems right now you have all of those teams in the hunt vying for what it looks like just one spot and that would be the seventh season. yeah tough two weeks for our, two weeks for our patriots since the bye yes. they've dropped two they've dropped from the number one seed in the afc to uh number six yes and uh don't look down we talked about too the colts who can't lose uh still just barely uh, sniffing around that afc south title still potentially if the titans uh fall flat on their face afc playoffs are going to be great because it really is wide open even though the chiefs are the number one seed you have to give teams like the colts and the patriots and others uh, a real shot to win that conference yep all right, that does it for us uh, here on Opening Lines. Again, if you missed out any part of this show or your favorite shows here on VSIN, hit up vsin.com slash podcast. It's where you want to go, of course, uh, where you can find everything that you missed out from a program standpoint. Head up to vsin.com in general because you got playoff five. We got everything up there. We got the odds, lines, playoff tracker. Well, I don't know, all that stuff. But you know what I'm talking about. vsin.com. We'll see you tomorrow on the edge. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. 
Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.